In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I don't know much about farming, surprise, surprise, or agriculture. Like most modern people, I'm rather disconnected from the process of sowing and watering and cultivating and harvesting. But I know enough to know that you reap what you sow. Some years ago, we had uh, an herb garden, and apparently outside of the United States and France, they pronounce the H, so herb garden, which sounds super weird to me. So I had an herb garden, and we planted basil, and an amazing thing happened. Plant the basil seeds, I go out there the next day, and coming up out of the soil is a Big Mac fries and a Diet Coke. The fries weren't quite ripe. It was like a small, I was looking for a supersize. You believe that? No, that's not what happened, of course. If this sounds so simple, if you sow basil seeds, you're going to reap basil plants. You reap what you sow. And St. Paul teaches us in Galatians 6 that this is not only an agricultural principle, It's a cosmological one. It's the way that life works. And it's also a spiritual principle. I did a quick internet search, always a dangerous thing, for the worst tasting fruit in the world. And a lot of people thought that it was something called Dorian fruit. Has anyone ever heard of this fruit? And evidently, it has the smell of Uh, Dirty gym socks, or some people described it as raw sewage. So, to drive this point home, if you plant Dorian seeds, you're not going to get Honeycrisp apples. You're not going to get Pink Ladies. I I also like that kind of apple as well. Lots of good apples out there. In farming and in life, If you sow seeds that stink, you're going to reap things that stink. Think about it in terms of your bodily health. If you drink 20 ounces of Red Bull and four shots of espresso per day, this is, of course, hypothetical. No one would actually do this. I don't know of anyone who does that. If you do that, If that's what you sow into your body, all these nearly toxic levels of caffeine and other stimulants, you're going to reap, so I've been told, heart palpitations, dizziness, anxiety. If you metaphorically sow into your relationships, let's make it personal, into your marriages, malevolent words, Selfishness, impatience, what are you going to reap? Is it going to be bliss, marital bliss? If we sow into our lives the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, we're going to reap Destruction. But listen to St. Paul again. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will reap, 
will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. You reap what you sow. And we got to get this because when you hear that, maybe you hear um, you reap what you sow. Like it's a chastisement. Like it's my grandma didn't sound like that, but maybe a cranky substitute teacher. But it's both a warning and a promise. And here in Galatians 6, the immediate context, it's more of a promise and an encouragement than a warning. You have to keep reading. Because he's saying that we need to keep going, that we need to rest on the promises to God, to know that if we sow into our lives the things of the Spirit, we will reap a harvest. That's why he says in verse 9, since you reap what you sow is the idea, verse 9, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap a harvest if we do not lose heart. I love the King James. If we faint not. The spiritual principle cuts both ways. So if you sow into your life the things of God, you will reap the harvest of union with God. If you sow into your family, into this church into this community, the things of God, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord to send laborers into the harvest. You sow that in, you will reap a harvest. But, and this is a big but, it's not immediate. There is then here in Galatians 6, another agricultural analogy to the spiritual life. In between sowing and harvesting, there's time. And usually, a lot of it. I did another hasty internet search, very dangerous. I did actually read the Bible in preparation for the sermon. I didn't just surf the internet. If you sow an apple seed you are not going to have a mature apple tree the next week. It's going to take five to ten years before you have a fully mature, fruit-bearing tree that's going to stand the test of time. Five to ten years. There's a saying in business that an overnight success takes 10 years. The point is that anything, you think about this in all areas of your life, anything that's worth anything takes time and diligence and perseverance. So Paul is saying in the spiritual life, there's two dimensions to this because he's talking about the church's spiritual growth of reaping the harvest of eternal life, of union with God. But he's also talking about the mission of the church. So in the spiritual life and in our mission to the world, he's saying, keep on sowing, keep on watering, keep on cultivating. Don't grow weary in doing what is right. 
to use a cooking analogy, unfortunately, there's no microwave for the spiritual life. There's no microwave for the spiritual life. Do y'all remember? Please remember, because I really want to talk about this. <laughs> Do y'all remember from the early 2000s, the workout, the home workout program P90X? P90X with Tony Horton. I remember when that came out, and it sort of took the home fitness world by storm. And I think one of the reasons that it did that is that it was such a contrast to what had come before. Because before that, there was a lot of that sort of, remember Bowflex? And Bowflex could have been a great workout machine. But what they would do in the advertising is that they would show in the commercial this Arnold Schwarzenegger looking dude. I mean, he's like 225 uh, pounds. His body fat percentage isn't even medically possible. And they would talk about 20 minutes a day, three times a week. You're going to put in as little effort as possible and kind of implying these are going to be the results. But we know you reap what you sow. If you sow mediocrity, are we going to reap mediocrity? But then Tony Horton comes along and he says, no, if you want to change, you're not going to go, first of all, from a one to a 10. You're not going to look like me in 90 days, but you can take a great first or second step. And I, I, I went through it. I did it. And it was, if you do the stretching day, it's seven days a week, 60 to 90 minutes a day. And I remember the first time I went through it, I was, I was in seminary trying to get off that uh, seminary diet, working nights and eating fast food and all those things. And the first two-thirds of it, I saw no difference at all. It took time. In the spiritual life, perhaps in all aspects of life, it's tempting to quit when we don't see results in what we deem to be a reasonable amount of time. This is, these are hyperbolic statements. I don't think that any of you actually do this, but sometimes our attitude implicitly can be, God, I prayed about this every day for a whole week, and I haven't seen any difference in my life. Lord, think, think about in terms of family context and playing the long game with our children. I've been reading Bible stories to them at night. I've been telling them about Jesus. I'm not seeing the fruit in their life. I don't think they're getting it. Again, there's an, at, there's an evangelistic aspect to Galatians 6 as well. I would actually th say that's the main aspect, that it's not just about the church and her members reaping the harvest of spiritual growth, the harvest of blessed union with God, the harvest of the age to come, but bringing others into the church, into that union with God. It's about a harvest of souls. So we're not to grow weary in our mission, whether our mission is to know God, which of course it should be, or to help others to know God. And, th and those are not siloed off from one another. Those two go hand in hand. 
We continue to do good to all. We continue to sow the seeds of the gospel. In today's gospel, Jesus, he says the harvest is plentiful, and he sends out these 70, and he, he tells them, I'm sending you like lambs in the midst of wolves, and even though the harvest is plentiful, you're going to get some different reactions. Some are going to accept, some are going to reject, but remember, it's not you they're accepting or rejecting, it's me. Our job as Christians is to live the gospel, to preach the gospel in word and deed. We are to just keep sowing and watering and cultivating, knowing that it's God that gives the growth. And God promises us, I would challenge you today, that's what the whole sermon is today, is read, you reap what you sow, not as a threat, but as a promise of hope that God will bring the harvest in your life. He will show up. If we sow into ourselves, if we sow into others, if we sow into this community, the things of God, we will reap a harvest. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. This is a promise from Almighty God, and we can take it to the bank. So the question is, What are you sowing? What are we sowing? What are the seeds that are in our hands that we cast into our hearts, that we cast into others? Are they Dorian seeds? Or are they the seeds of the tree of life? Are they the things of God love? and virtue, and devotion to the scriptures, and to others, and to prayer, and to the sacraments. What are we sowing? If it's spiritual things, if we're sowing to the Spirit, in the Spirit, if we're cooperating with the grace of God, then let us not give up. Let us keep sowing, and keep watering, and keep cultivating, knowing that the harvest will come. You reap what you sow. And in between the sowing and the reaping is time, often a lot of time. So let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.